Hey Val. Hey Al. Welcome to the D-Commentaries trailer. Welcome to you and welcome to all our potential listeners. We're just two pals re-watching, reviewing, and reliving in the glory days of all Disney Channel original movies. Join us every other Tuesday for games, laughs, and chats about all of the hot dads. Looking forward to having you join us for D-Commentaries, as well as all of the other podcasts here on the Trident Network. Find us wherever you pod. my god hi welcome back to disney adult the podcast where chicago comedians review disney properties from the perspective of adults it's toy story 2 baby (laughs) this week we are joined by george owens and laurel pelton and boy oh boy did we have fun um this was my first time meeting Laurel. She was a phenomenal blast. I couldn't believe how much I loved her. And George and I uh, go way, way back. So, why waste any more time? Let's jump right in. Without further ado, here we go. Well, thank you both so much for doing this. Um Happy Oh, absolutely. We are t- today we're talking about uh, Toy Story 2. Uh, the first thing I'd like to ask is, did you guys watch this when it came out? Or, like, was this your first time seeing it? Or did you have a first-time exposure when you were much younger and it came out? We'll start with you, Laurel. Oh, I watched the shit out of this movie as a kid. I, I would watch this movie a lot as a child. And I watched the first Toy Story a lot. And I am going to say, watching this again, I was like, oh, I used to watch this movie, <laughs> Toy Story 2, all the time. I had yeah. so many, like, sense memories come back from watching it. It was, I, this yeah. used to be some of my shit when I was a kid. Full disclosure, I, I did take two gummies before I watched this last night. And the moment <laughs> where she drops Woody and he, like, falls through those things, <laughs> it was the, uh, I, first of all, I was like, this is a cinematic masterpiece. I can't believe they're doing this in kids' <laughs> movies. And then the other part of me was like, oh, this, I really remember this. This is like, like you said, sense memory. Yes. George, how about you? Yeah, same. I mean, I used to watch it all the time. All the time. And I think even more so than the first one. I'd have to rewatch the first one. Yeah. To be like, oh, maybe it was this one. But I, I there, yeah, watching it, I was like, oh, I remember this. Yeah. I, I think it's better than the this. first one. I think so too. I think they did a great job. It's so, it's just a delicious film. There's so many incredible little vignette, like little specific like musical moments and visual moments that are just like imprinted on my brain. The level of detail was something that I did not appreciate as a child. Like just from an animation standpoint alone or like just things that they, that you don't, Anyway, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. A million percent, because what something that comes up on this podcast a lot is the fact that, like, one, when you watch it when you're kids, like, what do you care? It's just, like, colorful blobs that are moving. But um, as it's it's not lost on me now as an adult that these projects take, like, five years to do. Because you mm-hmm. can see, like, you would have to work on a project for five years for it, for every frame to have a reference. Like at some point you have to just get so bored working on it that you're like, hell yeah, throw a little reference in here. Or like throw some musical sting on here. Cause right. like it's unbelievable. Yeah. It's, it's insane. It's yeah. gorgeous. Oh my God. Gorgeous. So let us, let me jump right in. I'm going to read directly from Wikipedia. One thing I cannot stress enough, feel free to interrupt me. Uh, nothing breaks my heart more than when someone <laughs> j- just like is waiting for me to be polite because it's n- never going to happen. So interrupt me if you have something to say. I just Please. don't think we want to mess up the flow. Fuck this flow. Who cares? <laughs> mess me up. <laughs> Please. <laughs> I'm 30 years old and I'm talking about a kids movie. Please fuck it up. Let's get jagged. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Andy Davis. Oh, oh, by the way, I do have a third grade reading level. So um, I'll, feel free to laugh at me if I mispronounce something. It's my. It's one of my favorite parts of this. Uh, Andy Davis is preparing. By the way, did not know his last name was Davis. I was just going to no. say I had no idea his last name was Davis. I went I, to. I, I went to high school with somebody named Andy Davis. Was um, he nice? Who, uh, he is now a host of um, a Pittsburgh radio show, and he's like. You know what? Let me not talk about somebody using their full name. Um, 
Listen, we'll just very, say very, nice. we'll, he's very cool. I bet. I bet he he really. I'm. He's doing well. Good for him. I mean, we'll just say his name rhymes with Andy Davis. <laughs> Randy Gayfist. Randy Gayfist. Gayfist. Uh, Andy, <laughs> Andy Davis is preparing to go to cowboy camp with his favorite toy, Woody. But during playtime, Woody's arm rips off, prompting Andy to leave him home. Andy decides to take not take Woody, who is then put on a shelf with Wheezy, a squeeze toy penguin with a broken squeaker. When oh! Andy, yeah, my heart. It, it was a lot. It was so my much. Heart. Um, I had I was nervous that I was writing too many notes down at the top of the movie because but I was going through a lot at the top of the movie. Mm-hmm. It was so sad. I was like, oh, buddy, it's like <sighs> you don't re I don't like I remember being had like rushing into my room to try and catch my toys a lot. Oh yeah, but I don't oh! remember ever feeling like I I actually used to apologize to my toys if I threw them. Like, if I was angry at something else Mm -hmm. and I threw my toy, I'd be like, I'm so sorry, that wasn't your fault. George, you are, like, truly one of the sweetest people I know, and that doesn't surprise me. I had the opposite reaction, where I would, like, get upset at inanimate. Like, if if my headphone cords were to get caught on something, like on the door or something, I would get irate. At like I guess the door. I don't know. What <laughs> <laughs> I rate. I'm absolutely irate at this door. I know you, you're fucking me up on purpose, door. <laughs> 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 fucking jealous. Can't leave your hinges. I there was so one thing I noted. I was like, oh, so Andy's been into cowboys for a long mm-hmm. time, and mm-hmm. it because he's been in from the first movie, and he he now is like looks like five years older at least. Maybe that's not right because they do get a do- like a dog at the end of the last one. I don't know. Yeah, he looks like he's puppy. been into cowboys for a long time, which reminded mm-hmm. me of somebody else that I went to school with, whose name was Eugene, who was into trains for a long time. Oh, man. Uh, so I was, the first thing I thought is like, I can't wait to, what thing when you were a kid were you into for a long time? Like for me, it was space. I thought I was going to be an astronaut. I loved space. I still love space. Um, but then I went to a science center in Pittsburgh um, where they had this thing that you would always see on the NASA space camp commercials that you would like strap in and it would spin you around. And then I full, I got sick on it. <laughs> I got like motion sick. <laughs> and then I was like, Oh, I guess I can't be an astronaut. Cause I can't do the thing in the NASA no. commercial. And I let it die. I let the dream die right there. I was like, we're done. <laughs> but I do think kids oh get God. like obsessed with something. Oh yeah. Wholeheartedly. Did you, did you guys have one of those? Oh yes. Yes. I, uh, for a long time, dinosaurs, like Jurassic Park, mm-hmm. one of my favorite movies of all time. I saw that when I was really young, and it was just like, well, this is it for me. And it mm-hmm. was just like, I would do these, I used to do these things that I called setups, which was like, just, I wouldn't play with them necessarily, but I would like create like little vignettes over like a large surface area of just like guys fighting dinosaurs here and dinosaurs chasing cars over here. It was just like. So I smoked a ton of weed over the pandemic. Some would say I'm not done. But when I, I stumbled onto something that you should absolutely in, like look into on Instagram, toy photography. What? Pro- professional <laughs> photographers setting up toys with scale backgrounds. I have seen this. It's incredible. It's incredible. That sounds amazing. It is so cool. They like build scale, like two scale backgrounds, and then they'll put like... Uh, a tur- like a um, velociraptor in a water and then they'll like spray the water right when they take the photo so it looks like the thing's jump- it's bonkers people on the internet are crazy yeah. oh my god see I didn't I like didn't play a lot with toys as a kid like I always wasn't sure how much I was supposed to suspend my disbelief I was always very confused <laughs> <laughs> I was always like man my parents are giving me these dolls to play with but I gotta tell you I think they're just fucking dolls and so <laughs> I play with everybody and they'd like be like, oh, like I'm the, they'd always make me the husband too. Cause I was the gay kid. And so <laughs> sure. they'd like, they'd be, and I'd just be like, man, I, Alyssa, this girl across the street had so many Barbies. I'd be over there playing these Barbies with her and I'd be Ken and I'd be like, man, God bless her heart. She thinks these fucking dolls are real. This girl's so fucking dumb. <laughs> But I would pretend to believe in them to appease everyone because I thought that's what I was supposed to do is believe that this fucking doll was going to walk away when we went out of the room. And and so I feel like for me, when it comes to what I was like really actually into as a kid, 
it wasn't so much toys. It was more just like, I, I was, I was crazy about like music as a kid. I liked like making stuff and like, mm -hmm, I'd okay. go write little songs out on the port, like on the, in our sandcastle <laughs> thing to go, oh, cool. you know, express yeah. my feelings. Cause my parents got a divorce and like, very cool. I mean, that's I, not cool, but. <laughs> very, very cool. I yeah. started that sentence before he said the word divorce, and I was like, "We're committed." No, I, also, I was a really cool dark. Kid, that's like something so. you read about in an autobiography of a famous artist, where they're like, oh, they yeah. they like everyone else. Well, everyone else is playing with toys and dolls. They were in their backyard writing songs on the side of their play place. Yeah. I also, I also love the idea of you with an acoustic guitar and a cigarette hanging out of your mouth, uh, watching all the other kids your age being like, still into that fucking doll shit. Doing <laughs> <laughs> a song about how they're not real. <laughs> it was nuts though. I was just like, I just, I, I was obsessed with The Simpsons, getting my brother to love me, and like listening to Carlos Santana. Like it's like that was my life. <laughs> that, honestly that if you are on a dating app that should be your bio because i think that says everything you need to know <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um speaking uh uh so there was another moment in this where she shelves woody which i don't know why she put him like up on the top shelf that seemed excessive to me uh but it was humiliating i was humiliated for him i couldn't help but feel like it felt the same feeling of like when you watch like when you're in public with someone or you watch somebody's significant other be mean to them in public and you're like, oh, that is human. Oh, it felt yeah. so, like such a betrayal. Because he goes, he goes, oh my God, I've been shelved. I've been shelved. Like they did such a good job of riding the weight mm -hmm. into that situation, which is and something I felt throughout the movie about being like, you don't think about it, like just throwing your toys in a bin and putting them under your bed but to the toys. That's like prison. And it happened... I was well, I was high, but I was like, this happened in front of everybody else. Yeah. Like, it's one thing yes. for like people to like all the toys to come up. And we're like, what are you doing up there? And he's like, man, this is what happened. Is another thing of like, it was so good because I was like, oh, that's humiliating mm -hmm. in front of everybody. You've been shelved. It's like so dusty. You can tell no one's been up there in a long Ooh. time. It was so uh, good. And then the squeaky guy. The I was squeak. just like, I was just like this squeaky guy. The idea the, uh, that he was like, I thought that she took you to get fixed. And he said, no, she just told Andy that. So he calmed down. And I was like, that this squeaker dude has lived up on this shelf for who knows how long. Yeah. And yeah. just like. And also such a bold play by the mom to be like, I'm going to get it fixed. And then just puts it in his room. <laughs> <laughs> like, like why not throw it away throw it away or put it in any other room in the house yeah like all he has to do is get a chair and he yeah. finds this huge deceit <laughs> so then he um there's some uh ba -ba -ba -ba. woody oh so andy's mother puts wheezy in a yard sale because somehow she finds him i forget that part um but then woody saves him uh but is later discovered and stolen by a greedy toy collector al mcwiggin the owner of al's toy barn at Al's apartment, Woody meet. Okay, before we get there, um, I I was really impressed with Woody and how he saved this little toy. I thought Woody is oh, Woody's so good cool. people. Woody is good people. Um, Every time they like ride a Hot Wheel to jump onto a baseball bat to, to bounce off a ball, I'm yeah. just like, this is so cool. <laughs> <laughs> and he rode that. By the way, the dog in the beginning with the animation on the dog was a little last when we did the Toy Story episode. The animation on the people was kind of fucked up a little bit. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, but then this one, it, they looked a little better. The door, the dog this time, I was like, something's fucking wrong. With you can tell. You can tell that. <laughs> I, I thought that Mick Wiggins looked really good. Like when yeah. later in the film, when Andy's crawling across his chest, I was like, oh, this is when they crack the code on people. But then when the, there's like a delivery driver later, and he looks like an animatronic. Yeah, literally like. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, now that you mention it, Alec Wiggin and the guy from the chess thing yes. who comes oh. to fix him. Huge Easter egg. Love that. Love that. They look so good. So good. The Davis family is mm -hmm. something's up because they don't look the same as Alec Wiggin. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was bonkers. It was, oh, it was the luggage driver. He like doesn't move the whole time he's driving the car. He's just. <laughs> <laughs> So stupid. I work at airport. Sure. <laughs> but uh, then, but then you have the moments of the guy with the case who 
comes to fix Woody? And it's like, I, I also, I'm excited to get to that scene because I got to tell you, that was one of my sense memory things where I was like, mm-hmm. I must have watched this on repeat. This shit is satisfying. Okay, so, so let's kind of jump to that because not a lot happens before we get to that point. So like Woody gets really in his head and, and really upset that um, Andy left him behind because that's like the number one fear of, is like being forgotten. Mm-hmm. Um, so then this dude fucking like steals from a this woman's yard sale. I know. Which... Oh. So what an asshole. What an asshole. Steals uh steals Woody, takes him over to his apartment. He lives in a building that has it, on the front door says no children allowed. I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> they he takes him up and he meets Jesse Bullseye and Stinky Pete and learns that he is based on a main character of a 1950s television show called Woody's Roundup. Owls collected an entire room full of Roundup memorabilia, but lacked the rare Woody doll. When Woody tries to leave, Jesse becomes furious, and Pete explains that they're going to go to a Tokyo museum, and they aren't interested in them unless Woody is with them. Um, <sighs> this was well. First of all, love all these characters. Oh my god! Oh. Jesse is Jesse and Bullseye are wonderfully written characters. Yes. Um, when when they introduce Stinky Pete, and he goes, "Turn me around so I can see him." <laughs> I was like, this is, this is such a funny detail. <laughs> Turn me around so I can see him. Oh, and it's important to note that Stinky Pete needs to be turned around because he never leaves his box. That's his whole right. thing is he's in mint condition. Mm-hmm. And they set it up so well that at one point, somebody jumps on Stinky Pete's box later in the movie, like on the thing. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, not mint condition. It's going to yeah, ruin yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, But I loved them. I loved uh, Bullseye. I loved Jesse. Uh, there's a moment that made me cry in the middle of the film uh, where Woody's watching this and he's like, real- one, one thing I want to talk about, phenomenal detail of like to um, to learn that you are you have this whole history and identity that you were completely unaware of before. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was kind of blew my mind a little bit. Um, but then there's a, a tiny, tiny moment where he's watching, Woody is watching himself in the show and they introduce Bullseye, his trusty steed, and the like. The camera cuts the Bullseye, and he's like bashfully kicking his foot because he's yes. like so in love so with it. Cute. And I was di- crying in the middle of it. <laughs> he's so cute. He loves you so much. <laughs> I did think it was funny that every other toy, kind of no matter their what they are, is like a fully intelligent being except for Bullseye. Yeah. <laughs> like the penguin can sing and talk and yeah. like even even in the fourth one when it's just a spork it's like a fully intelligent being except for bullseye is just a horse bullseye is just a horse and i will have a question about that at the very end of this podcast but i didn't even think about that all like the the pig can talk the dinosaur can talk mm-hmm Bullseye's just a fucking horse, man. A fast horse, though. He's fast as shit. He's fast. He like caught up with that plane. He caught up with the plane. He caught up with the whole plane. (laughs) Oh man, damn. He's an Avenger. Mm -hmm. Also, the song that they made for Woody's Roundup and is constantly in my head now, and specifically the part of Bullseye. He's Woody's horse. Speaking of, (laughs) we also find out because then. Speaking of songs, Jesse's song has mm-hmm. become like in 2020 has become a hit because of TikTok. Um, but it's it's revealed that Jesse used to have an owner because she's really skeptical and she really wants to go to. She's had nothing to look forward to. She's been in a box and she's really developed claustrophobia from it. Um, and then she reveals that she once had an owner who left her on uh, like this was this was heartbreaking because the song sung by sarah mclaughlin is so fucking heartbreaking um i used to cry a lot it will i how could you not it is so heartbreaking i didn't understand why they had to drive so far to like why this donation truck is parked in the middle of nowhere right by where they used to play yeah (laughs) like i gotta take they gotta take you back to the swing where we used to donate you. 
<laughs> it was like, what the fuck? Uh, to the point where when I remember it in my brain, I remember her like leaving it in a box on the side of the highway because it was so in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And I was writing that down on my phone and they're like, oh, there's a fucking donation truck parked out here. Yeah, That's in the same interesting place. Twist. That's like in high school. My high school boyfriend broke up with me where we went on our first date. And I was like, that's cold. What the <laughs> fuck? Who is this? What's his Use name? his full name. Grant Armstrong. <laughs> fuck that guy. Could you imagine if his name was Andy Davis? Andy oh Davis. <laughs> Dox them both. <laughs> oh, no, that is that... shitty as hell. Yeah. But that song that's fully... Fully annihilated me. And it also, I think, is like a queer, kind of a queer moment mm-hmm. in, a, in a really beautiful way that as a kid, I would felt specifically really struck by. And then when I did, as an adult, have like my first long-term girlfriend and then we broke up, I remember listening to that song so I could let myself have a cathartic moment. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean to laugh at your pain, but that is it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. It is funny, and it was very hurtful. <laughs> so we, um, so first of all, fuck both of them. But uh, speaking of breakups, I guess Woody is like kind of on the fence as to whether or not he wants to stay with them because he like really, really doesn't want to let Jesse and Bullseye down and does recognize sort of the, uh, that his time with Andy is finite, that Andy will eventually grow up. But at the same time, he has this whole family and everybody who is coming to get him. They are rescuing. So now, instead of the story, similar to the first one where Andy is going out to rescue Buzz, everybody is going to rescue, or no, Woody's going out to rescue Buzz. Everybody's going out to rescue Woody. Um, they have an iconic scene where they cross the highway in. So funny. So funny. So good. So oh, that was easy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the, I didn't realize, or I didn't remember how much like that, I guess, big pipe fucked everything up. Um, like this concrete pipe that rolled down the street. Mm-hmm. And then there's no sign of it through the rest of the movie. It like truly demolishes a building and takes down two, <laughs> takes down two traffic lights. But then the next scene, it's like, no, no, we cleaned it up. We got a yeah. Swiffer wet jet out there and fixed it. <laughs> <laughs> also Woody's uh arm gets ripped off. Um and then the next day the cleaner reaches uh reattaches Woody's arm and the cleaner is for I want to say maybe the first short I had ever seen was this same oh, yeah. character mm-hmm. playing chess against himself at the beginning of the first Toy Story movie. It's such a good detail. And then Is that true? That yeah. is you him. that short where he the, it's the old guy playing chess, it's the cleaner. It's crazy. I completely forgot about that. He is and it, beautifully animated. He looks like a normal person, like Al. Um, and then he comes up and he has this whole scene where he like meticulously reattaches everything. And um, all, yet again, another iconic, like something that stuck out. I could remember every scene of it. I remembered him. I remember the airbrushing so well. I remember the, the satisfying feeling of him perfectly painting that stripe on the bottom of Woody's shoe in one yes. like, Oh, so yes. good. And the Q-tip on the eyeball. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then for me, the, the <laughs> it also, as a kid, it's like you just kind of take it all in. But watching it as an adult, I was like, he puts him in a little chair. <laughs> and gives, <laughs> oh him, God, gives, gives him a little dentist thing. Yeah. And, and then a little hat rack pops up. He puts his head on a little doll hat rack. I was <laughs> There's just something about how perfect everything is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That everything has a place that just make that, as a kid with anxiety, the most incredibly it's comforting so scene to watch. Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> I, like he, he hand, they do such a good job of animating him. He like handles Woody with such care. Yes. Mm-hmm. Wow. I, um, Whenever I watch it, I think of like ASMR videos online because it is everything is so satisfying. Mm -hmm. Everything is like perfectly fits to your points. And the set, like you can feel and hear the sounds that are not there. Like when he paints that shoe, you just hear like, yeah. 
Also, before he, before, oh, eh, I guess we should admit, there is a moment before this where Woody's arm is off and it's like sitting in the sky's uh, yeah. thing. And then he goes to try to rescue it, but the TV turns on out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Also, by the way, I was like, this, is this dude me? Like, am, should I be on the lookout? This 30-year-old man, like, collecting toys from his is childhood. Do they say that he's 30? Oh, know. you're saying that's you. Yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. What? I don't remember that detail. That's an odd thing to be like. I gotta make. No, he's twenty three. He lived a hard life. <laughs> I do want to talk about how, like, a a as a child, I for sure thought that he sold fried chicken. Yeah, he's dressed as a chicken. He's I mean... dressed as a giant chicken. And B, the fact that the owner of this toy store lives in the penthouse of the tallest building in the city. Yeah, and he's like desperate for cash. <laughs> He's like, maybe he stole it. from a garage sale because he's so desperate for cash. Yet he lives in the nicest apartment in the <laughs> entire city with no furniture. No I did. Furniture. I, I was like, what a minimalist that this man lives in this beautiful apartment. He has one chair on the side and then like a bowl for his cheeses. Yeah, and then a shit ton of paraphernalia from it. So oh, That's why you have no money. You've invested everything in collecting this from this show. Nobody cares about. It, it was canceled mid season. Yeah. The other thing that I think about a lot is the the crust, like the cheese, the cheesy puff dust. Yes. <laughs> yeah. On it his was... fingers. <laughs> I loved rewatching it high. I love the texture of it. I was like, mm, one, yes. it is so thick. It's opaque. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and two, it's so bumpy. It is. Ooh. Those cheetos are they're dusted in concrete. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it was so gross. And then while this is happening, so while we're seeing him um, and everything's going on with Woody, the rest of them, Buzz, Ham, Mr. Potato Head, Slinky Dog, uh, and Rex, set out on a mission to rescue Woody and blah, 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 blah. Oh, they're in Al's Toy Barn. So they don't know that he's in the penthouse, so they go over to Al's Toy Barn, which, yet again, uh, full of scenes that I I completely remembered every single Mm -hmm. shot. The Barbie aisle is the only aisle anybody should be interested in in this toy store. (laughs) It is spring break 24-7 in this Barbie aisle. These Barbies know know how to fucking party. (laughs) They are fucking... I was, like, never a Barbie kid. I play... So I had a... um, Essentially, one of my, she's not blood related to me, but she's essentially a sister. Her name is uh, Jess, and she was a year or two younger than me. And when we grew up, I would play Barbies with her, and she would play Power Rangers with me. It was like a trade off of nice. like we're going to quid was, pro quo exactly. And also, both of us were like completely game. We're like hell yeah, these Barbies got stuff to do. And then also, she was <laughs> like, I can punch through a brick of concrete. Nothing made me more like apart from that. I was like, oh whatever, take or leave Barbies. Who cares? This aisle in this toy store is fucking... These Barbies are so fucking cool. Mm-hmm. I love that every other aisle, none of the toys are have come to life. But the no. Barbies are getting down. Yeah, Barbies <laughs> are fully raging. Yeah. <laughs> fully yeah. raging. And, they, and whenever the tour guide Barbie popped out and she was like, oh, I can be of service here. I was like, also, what a fucking cool aisle. Like, you break your arm, Dr. Barbie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, my God. You I love the hungry. part, which I remember from when I was a kid, where he goes, I'm a married spud. I'm a married spud. <laughs> <laughs> and then he so would make, uh, make way for the single guys, and he like jumps over him. I know. So Whenever we were kids, also, Jess had, because um, Barbie always has had careers. Mm-hmm. The only career, now that I'm thinking about it, the only career that Jess, and I guess I had, was a McDonald's Barbie. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> she worked at a McDonald's drive-thru. <laughs> Oh the doctor Barbie? No, no, baby. I deal with this in Mickey D's drive-thru lady every day. I went to McDonald's drive-thru. There's nothing Barbie. she can't yeah. do. <laughs> uh, so, um, and then there's a moment where uh, Buzz has a moment with another Buzz and sort of mm-hmm. sees himself from like, oh yeah, all I, I guess, and also all Buzzes, I guess, are imprinted with memories from their, their show that none of the, like, Woody finds out that he was in a show effectively 70 years after the show was created. Right. But every single buzz knows that they were in a show that They got to destroy Zerg. Yeah, exactly. Um, and they swap places. One thing that I would love to just, because I'm such a little nerd and I didn't notice this as a kid, is in the opening scene, 
A, this is the only time that it's a video game, which I thought was a really interesting detail. Every yeah. other time it's Andy playing, but this time it's a video game. And also, every sound effect from that was from Star Wars. The doors am... opening was all Star Wars. George... The ship coming in was all Star Wars. And I'm, I, and I was going to look this up, and then I didn't. I was wondering if it was came out the same time as the prequels, and so they were like there was buzz on the prequels. It, oh. it was released in 1999, which I do think is when. I'll look that up. I'm so yeah, glad you said that. Phantom Menace I, came out like 2000, 2001. Yeah. I'm so glad that you said that because I wrote it down and then I didn't bring it up because I was like, I'm, you're the only one who said the All the Star Wars sound effects were in there. First of all, I thought the opening was like epic as hell. I, I like, would watch a movie I was like, just that. And I think they're making one where Chris Evans voices Buzz Lightyear. What? Anything yeah. to get Tim Allen's ass out of there. You gotta go. <laughs> you gotta go. <laughs> so sorry, my guy. Um, sorry, your sorry, your sitcom where most of the shots are you standing in front of a wall of guns didn't work out. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. Um, um, and then also in the in the toy store, there's a reference to Jurassic Park when the when the T Rex is chasing the Jeep and in the rearview mirror it shows the. <laughs> love that. <sighs> they are so good. So good. It's so fun. Yeah, it's everything. Everything is delicious. Every shot, every idea is so full of. Even to your point earlier, when they all leave, Buzz gets out of the thing, and he, um, he's chasing them, and he has this like incredible James Bond like. But I loved that it was like a running theme that Buzz can't fly, but Buzz knows how to get as close as fucking possible. Mm -hmm. He like jumps on this trampoline, then he lands on the top of a. Uh, baseball bat that falls over and he died. It was so cool. It's so cool. It's falling with style. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they do eventually make it over. It gets to a point on the other end where we jump back to um, the apartment and Woody essentially after a lot of reflection decides I'm going to go be with these the rest of like my people I guess in this Tokyo uh, Museum. Right at that moment, the rest of the toys come in and it's revealed like, oh no, I'm going to make this choice to stay with them. Uh, they have a lot of back and forth. Eventually Woody decides, you know what? No, my family is with Andy. That's where I'm going to go. And then we find out that Stinky Pete has fully been able to get out of this box this mm -hmm. whole damn time. It mm -hmm. is like, I'm. I, nobody gets to make any more decisions except for me. You're coming with us to Tokyo. Yeah. And his motivation for doing so is so justified. It's, yeah. He does such a good job about, like, it's a kid's movie, but he's like, I lived on a shelf for 50 years, and I've never left this prison of a box, and yeah. you're not going to take the equivalent of heaven away from me. Yeah. Yeah. Because the whole oh. time, Woody, I mean, eventually Andy is going to get done with you. Mm -hmm. I'm like, this seems like a pretty sweet gig. Right. That's why I also, okay, I hate to be this guy, but <laughs> I was watching this and I've never taken like a critical lens to this movie, but I was like, what is the role of a toy? Like, what are they really trying to say here? Like, is this about love or is this about the love of service? And I was like, if it's, if it's like the love of being needed by these kids, or if it's like being loved by these kids, if, like whatever it is, you love being of service to children in this way that I was like, is this a pro-capitalism movie? <laughs> Girl. I did, here's, a, here's what uh, they, when they're taking the tour of the toy store and Barbie says, um, and this aisle is all Buzz Lightyear. And she says something along the lines of like, um, short-minded, short-sighted uh, investors did not originally like uh, produce enough dolls to meet demand. That I think was absolutely a reference to their own bullshit, which was like it was such a hit, and they yeah. did not have enough Buzz Lightyears to meet the demand. In the, uh -huh. in the I speaking of capitalism, I had a Buzz Lightyear toy when I was a kid, like the big one, the good one, um, and <laughs> it was it was worth something. It held power. It was like, because parents couldn't get their hands. I remember there was like a certain, like tickle me. Elmo was one of them. Furbies were one of them. There were toys every Christmas that came out. were like at that time where everything was on TV and all kids were seeing the same ads. They all wanted the same thing. When yeah. I had it and nobody else had it, people would like, I could use it to get kids to come over. And they're like, well, 
Yeah. We are going to bust out Buzz, so <laughs> if you're free this weekend, I guess my Take house is the place to be. <laughs> yeah, my neighbor had a Buzz Lightyear, and it was it absolutely held. We like would argue over who got to play with it. Yeah, never he had a Woody won. though, because also another f- f- funny running theme through this is like how cowboys hate spacemen. Like at the beginning That's of this, so uh, Stinky Pete's like, "Then we went to the moon, and all of a sudden, kids only cared about the moon." I'm like, oh, don't. 100% think that's the way that worked out. <laughs> not, a, not a single cowboy was bought after the moon yeah, landing. Yeah. At break. Don't want to talk about the weather or the pandemic? Me either. No wrong answers, non-burning questions to kickstart conversations is a conversation card game where you can ask life's least pressing but most important questions. Why talk about vaccine rates when you could debate questions like which cereal mascot would be the best kisser? Or you own a boutique candle shop. What is your least popular scent? These are the burning questions you should be asking. This card game is created by two of my friends, my personal friends, Paula Skaggs and Josh Linden. Yes, I have friends talented enough to create a card game. And if you love me, you love them and you'll love this game. No Wrong Answers is a deck of 70-plus conversation starters that you'll come back to and debate over and over again. This is great for dinner parties. It's great for Zoom happy hours, first dates, classrooms, prison visits, fast food drive throughs It literally, there's no place that these conversation starters won't work. Holidays are right around the corner somehow. And this would make a great gift. It would make a great thing to put out on the table to, you know, generate conversation between you and your family. You know how hard it is to catch up after you haven't seen each other in the year. What are you going to talk about? The fact that you share blood? No. You're going to reach for one of these cards and you're going to get the conversation started. And if it doesn't get better than that, a portion of the proceeds go to the Greater Chicago Food Depository. I mean, come on. On. Listeners can use the code Trident for 10% off of their purchase. Go to NoWrongAnswersGame.com. Once again, NoWrongAnswersGame.com. And use Trident for 10% off of your purchase. I mean, come on, y'all. This is fun talk and <laughs> not small talk. So then we start to wrap up to the end. They eventually, um, because Stinky Pete puts the kibosh on the escape plan, they're all going to uh, the airport. The rest of the toys follow, uh, but they're never able to to free him. And then they go into this crazy scene where they're in baggage claim, like the <clears throat> inside of baggage claim. Mm-hmm. And even as an adult watching it last night, I was like, is this what baggage claim is like? How know, does baggage claim thought. work? How, How you... like insane, there was like so many conveyor belts. And I was like, well, surely it's just one or two, but they do such a good job about, it's like, it's chaos. It's chaos. <laughs> and then it really had me thinking like, okay, so if you put a bag on a conveyor belt and it like goes behind these people, it would make sense if they could just be like, oh, okay, for, for the next hour, all the bags of this terminal are going to XYZ. And it's like similar to a train, how a train will have things that like switch so that it mm-hmm. goes onto a different track. It was, I was fascinated by this. I was fascinated by it as a kid. I was fascinated by it about last night. Mm-hmm. Also, mm-hmm. a great place for an action scene. Yeah. Yeah. I also love that <laughs> I didn't really uh, hit this or understand this as a kid. But the fact that Stinky Pete is uh, ultimately defeated by the flashes of a camera. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Ridiculous. Oh, that's so funny. (laughs) And also... (laughs) They they just confuse him with light, and then they win. (laughs) Which... (laughs) He's just an old-timey prospector. (laughs) Ain't never seen no other light in the sun. That is a weird trope that's used a lot in kids sometimes on this podcast we talk about things that come up a lot in kids movies and then you think are going to be a big deal when you're an adult like quicksand or uh like zip lining away from something being just being blinded by a flash is something it's like a non-violent way of fighting that is used a lot i remember as a kid being like wow you can really fuck someone up with a flash huh i just gotta get my hands on a camera in a sticky situation (laughs) (laughs) i can escape this baggage claim And then uh, he, that sequence was so much shorter than I remember. Uh, it was I like remember 30, that going on forever. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, and then watching it yesterday, I was like, oh, the, they defeat Stinky. I mean, there's a whole second sequence, obviously, but they defeat Stinky Pete in a matter of seconds. In a matter of seconds. Because by the time he lands in that girl's backpack, I was like, oh, shit, they're done. Because when he's in the back, he's not going to get back. Um, and then when that Barbie turns and she has all that, like, tattoos on her face. <laughs> She's an artist. <laughs> like, you better work, Barbie. Barbie's everywhere. Um, and then we get to the uh, bullseye's real hero moment where mm-hmm. um, somehow uh, Jesse and Woody both still make it onto this plane. And bullseye and Buzz run faster than, like, a Boeing insert number here and catch <laughs> up with these motherfuckers. And then they... Saves that it was as an adult when I was watching last night, I was like, This is crazy. This toy is this fast. I so I had the same thought, and then I was like, I, I almost couldn't suspend my this, which was insane to be like, Okay, there's no way that this toy that has consciousness <laughs> could catch up. Like, the where I decided to draw the line yeah, was yeah. such bullshit. five story baggage claim completely makes sense. Completely this makes toy sense. running yes. quick, uh, no. It can run. I just can't run that quick. Not, not that know? quick. <laughs> um, but then I, I noticed that the plane was just like taxiing, and I like got back in the moment. Oh, until oh, you said that. Because when he's going so fast, and then it shows the plane's just like barely turning, but it oh, feels so fast. I didn't catch that until yeah. this moment now. I thought that plane was going 200 so miles I. an hour. I was like, what are they going to take off with it? Come on, Pixar. <laughs> Cut to Laurel strumming her guitar as a child with that singer uh, and being like, told you this toy shit is fake. Yeah. <laughs> that's honestly that shit that's so funny, though. Like, that it is just taxiing. Yes. And it feels so much faster. Yeah. It feels so much more intense. But you could, like, you could kind of jog and catch up with that plane. Yeah. These Pixar people. These Pixar oh. folks know what they're doing, man. Yeah. They really do. Then they make it back to the house. They make it back to the bedroom. He has now has two new toys that he immediately loves, which made my heart melt. And I am such and like parts of that where I'm like, I really enjoy it. But then I also do feel like such an idiot. I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, of course, all the loose ends are tied up. And he loves these two. A new pretty toys. little like, bow. Yeah. Wait, can we go back to the airport really quick and talk Absolutely. about how when when Buzz was running on the baggage claim, he had a butte sticker on his butt? Yes! <laughs> I was like, I just didn't even notice that as a kid, but his butt says butt for like five minutes. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was, there's so many things. There's the, uh, I didn't realize when they drive the pizza truck that the three alien toy aliens who are hanging from the rear view would have been because like that guy who works there probably just collected them and strung them up. Yeah, he like, like got them from his pizza place or whatever. Like, it makes so much more sense. Because what, yeah. I was because those are like the aliens from the first movie. Yeah. And that's where the pigeon, I guess, all makes sense. <laughs> it was, uh, I was really, it, and it was because I was like, oh, okay, these toys are from Pizza Planet. So the Pizza Planet delivery driver is probably like smoking in the back or like getting whatever. And they have these things. I'm like, oh, I'm going to string them up on the, the company car. Um I also loved another uh, thing is it's some sort of Toyota truck. I don't know anything about cars, but um, whenever it pulls away, all the other letters have washed off the back, except for Mm -hmm. like just as toy. It's like, that is so smart. So smart. Well, I, I once my friend, Erin Keefe, I'm going to brag for a second. She said that I said the funniest thing she's ever heard, which isn't going to translate now. Okay, oh, wait a minute. I'm buckled up. Set Here your expectations go. high, ladies and gentlemen. Don't do it. It's not that good. <laughs> okay, I just want to, anyone listening to this, you better pull over your car. No, <laughs> don't, don't do don't, it. You got to spit out your it. soup. If you're at not... work, if you're at work, head to a bathroom. Head to a bathroom because this is going to be the funniest thing. You could thing shit yourself. Ever. This is so funny. <laughs> fully regret this. Fully regret it. No, no, no. I'm just giving you our time. I'm excited. I bet it's actually very funny. Yeah. It's not though. I know. <laughs> it was, you had to be there. It was. It was. We were driving on a road trip in this truck that was that kind of a truck. Cut us off and swerved in this way that I had only seen once. And I yelled, Holy shit, it's the drop from the toy. 
<laughs> that is hilarious because as somebody who's seen this car, I was like, yes. these toys are a nightmare. They're going to kill uh, somebody. They are absolutely already responsible for multiple deaths earlier in the movie. It's such a specific, dangerous swerve. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like the fishtail swerve. Yeah. It's, like, it's Pixar's thing. Yeah. Um, so after watching this as adults, do you feel like this is a movie that holds up for adults to watch? Or do you think yes. it should be reserved for kids? No, wholeheartedly. It's the, it's, it absolutely holds up for adults. If anything, it's better as adults. And I always <laughs> think that about Pixar movies in general. They are really good. I mean, we have had a couple duds, but these ones, I also think Toy Story is one of the greatest movie franchises ever made. I mean, mm -hmm. it truly is a series that is like, every time I'm like, how is this better than the last one? Mm -hmm. I even like the good? fourth one. <laughs> I haven't, still haven't seen it. I need to watch it. It's good. I mean, if you go in with low expectations, you'll really like it, which is honestly my mantra for life. Sure. You know? What about you, Laurel? What do you think? I think, yeah, I think it absolutely holds up. I also like, these movies hit really hard, at least for me, but, and I'm assuming for y'all too, because they were right, or, Andy was always right around my age. Oh yeah. And so like, I think these came out at the perfect time for me as I was growing up and watching them now, they mean even more to yes. me. Yes. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I watched Toy Story 3, like the week I graduated high school in my basement alone, I had never seen him before. And he's like giving his toys away so he can go to college. And I was just like, wow. just a ball of tears. Yeah. yeah. Cause it's also like, you my feel life. like they're, they're your toys too, in a way. For sure. Cause you like, you grow up sure. with them. Yeah. yeah. So watching it now, it's like communing with my younger self a little mm -hmm. bit. Yeah. You know? There Keep is a going. moment in, in Toy Story 2, which I found opened up a part of my mind that was dark where jesse is talking about how she doesn't want to go back into storage she wants to, because it's just dark right and they don't sleep they don't eat they don't do anything they're just awake all the time so in the toy story universe there are toys that are just in trash bags in trash dumps alive forever <sighs> oh my god you really had to say that at the beginning of my weekend george uh, <laughs> if i oh, have to live on this nasty train that i discovered do. you gotta live with and me. you and it's double worse because the scene where jesse is being forgotten under the bed mm -hmm. i wrote down i was like i can't believe how universal this fear of being forgotten is to like mm -hmm. be such whoever wrote this or came up with this premise to know that that is such a universal fear. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then and now I got to think about these toys that are in trash bags. In prison forever. Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Oh, but here's the thing. Here's what I don't understand is like, Jesse, you can, you can get up and walk. Put yourself, put yourself somewhere else in the room. Oh, <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. I feel so bad now. Oh no, I've killed the mood. I'm so Not so just sorry. the no, mood, no. but the weekend, George. <laughs> <Yeah>. Not just... <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm so um, sorry. Well, let's um it, I mean it is depressing, but it is also like to the to the other point of um what does this movie teach kids before or what is the point of the toys? Are they there mm -hmm. to love? Are they there to be of service? What which is, feels more like that. Um but there are points in it that are also just as redeeming of like Mm -hmm. anything whether it's an inanimate object or something like you can have love for anything mm -hmm. you can have love for he loves his dog not as much as he loves his toys mm -hmm. um or just as much and that dog was fucked up yeah just to kind of redeem <laughs> just to kind of redeem my point that i made uh no no no, no. leave it where it is everyone's weekend <laughs> the reason i like i loved this moment was like buzz is like woody are you sure and he's like i know that my time will with andy will come but even when it does i'll have buzz lightyear to keep me company yeah. which is like the worst case scenario for woody is to be locked in a box and forgotten but at the end of the day he'll have his best friend for eternity and i think that that is so pretty yeah, yeah. well also the idea that these toys are eternal is pretty incredible that's mm -hmm. the core premise of the movie and yeah. that they get passed on from kid to kid mm -hmm. over the series and it adds weight to the story like it adds like a, a feeling of like holy fuck get back to that house the other yes. thing about these toys and before we move on we have one final thing the last thing i'll say about these toy story movies boy oh boy do they find a lot of obstacles every single one of these movies mm-hmm 
a 10 minute chunk of it would be a lot to deal with. Yes. The first 10 minutes of like almost getting sold at a Toy Story, that's enough to give you, put you on edge. Mm-hmm. But then to also have been toyed and have your arm ripped off and have it sewn back on by some guy only to have it ripped off again. And to be like every, like these toys can't catch a fucking break. Um, yeah. It's pretty wild. I was mapping out the plot. <laughs> And I was like, this really is just a mission-driven movie. It's got, like, emotional arcs to it, but it's, like, for the core group of the Buzz Lightyear gang who's, like, going to try and get Woody back, it's really just A to B. (laughs) 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 Shit. Um, All right, so we do have some questions. We started this questionnaire at the beginning of the podcast, and it's evolved, and we've added questions. So I have a few questions um, about how Disney is this movie, um, based on some similarities and trends we're seeing, and also based on some things that just kind of naturally occur in a lot of these movies. Um, These answers don't have to match. We don't have to come to a consensus. We can have different answers. There's no right or wrong answer. Um, But I am interested in your input. Uh, First question... Who in this movie has hot dad energy? Now, I should mention this can be genderless. It is about their energy. The slinky. The slinky? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. (laughs) To each their own, I guess. Whatever, freak. (laughs) (laughs) I think the, to me, the the clear answer is Zerg. (laughs) Zerg, I was thinking. (laughs) Zerg is... No, Zerg I, is big, de- big bad daddy. It's for sure Zerg. No, I was kind of dumping on uh, Slinky so that I could turn around and be like, he's nothing compared to Zerg. To Zerg. But, I guess yeah. right. <laughs> but also in that movie, Zerg is the only the only daddy. Yeah. You know, except her at the end, Mr. Potato Head. I would say too, to me, the dynamic is Bo Peep. I wouldn't say that she's like a hot daddy energy, but I do think she's like a dom switch and Mm. Woody is like a sweet little bisexual angel. A million percent. (laughs) And also like, what genre is her voice from? (laughs) Some Pixar animators fantasy. Kind of. It's like a little sexual, also like a little film noir, but also Mm -hmm. like pornographic in a way. I think to your point, Laurel, they do something in the third movie where she like, I don't know, like pushes Woody around and like, a so, sexual way, if yeah. I'm remembering correctly. She's oh. always getting him with her little hook around. Yeah. Can the we neck. talk about? Can we talk about Buzz Lightyear popping a wing boner at the very end when Jesse? <laughs> oh my God, wing boner! That <laughs> <laughs> is so tr- boring. <laughs> because she does the most yeah. boner-inspiring thing. She hops on that Hot Wheel and oh, like. Yeah. <laughs> She pulls a buzz. She yeah. does exactly what Buzz does. It's, Speaking yeah. of bicons, Jesse is the most bisexual human mm-hmm. doll oh, I've ever seen. A million percent. Mm-hmm. And Jesse is, I mean, she's never like really the star of the movie. She's always like a supporting character. She's the best character in this entire franchise. Yes. Yeah. Hard yes. Hard yes. Um, okay, so this is a good question. This question has layers. Uh, first and foremost, first question is, is there a horse in this movie? Yes. There no. is a horse. How dare you, George? <laughs> and is the horse just a dog? <laughs> Absolutely. Yes, I think so. And then this is the only movie that... <laughs> is the horse just a dog? The horse is just a dog. And then this movie takes it even further because it has a dog that is just a horse. <laughs> oh, whoa. What the fuck? That's why when you said, is there a horse in this movie? I said, no, it's because the horse is a dog. The horse is a dog, but the dog, and the dog is uh, a horse. Is a horse. Look at oh, you put I on chapstick. That. For all those people who are, who, who are just listening to this, Devin just made a great point, and now he is putting on chapstick with the most attitude I've ever seen. <laughs> That's why my lips are always moist, because I am always making a great point. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, only a couple more questions. Uh, next one. Who in this movie, who is the Rosie O'Donnell? And then, who is the Danny DeVito? <laughs> hmm. Okay. I, mean, I, I, I think, think Stinky Pete is both Rosie O'Donnell and <laughs> Danny DeVito. <laughs> okay. All right. 
so true. It's like one. It's like so accurate that there can't be anything else. It's like when you see. It's like when somebody's cast perfect in a movie. Like that's Batman. Nobody else could be Batman. Mm -hmm. Nobody else could be both Rosie O'Donnell and Danny DeVito. Wow, Stinky Pete. Stinky Pete. Because <laughs> at times he has the warmth of Rosie O'Donnell, mm -hmm. but also at times. He has the cutthroat, get it done attitude of Danny DeVito. The absolute chaos that is Danny DeVito. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, two more questions. One, if the main characters weren't hot, would this story even happen? Mm. In all honesty, I think it still would. I do too. Uh, if if we're thinking of hot as like yes. sexually attractive here's the thing i don't know that they could be ugly and the animation work because i think if they made all the characters ugly people would be like oh they don't know how to animate toys yeah or and we said it about be. the dog true can, can i say something that might fucking crack your skulls open please do brother let me get my brother ready. do you need okay <laughs> or have we been conditioned by Pixar and Disney movies to think that that's what attractive animated creatures look like? Okay, I'm going to double down on that. Please, go. please, please, please. Do we find them attractive because as children we had semi-sexual awakenings to the toys? Uh, <laughs> does that make sense? Yes. That absolutely does make sense. Yes. My yes. semi-sexual awakenings were happening elsewhere, mm -hmm. mostly um, Hercules. Uh, sure, who wouldn't? Yes. Uh, but yeah. Also, like, because these movies are paint the picture of like what attractive animation is, it has been mirrored by every other animation mm -hmm. department. Mm -hmm. to, oh, damn. Yeah. Wow, so you like really if fucked my weekend up on this. <laughs> like if Woody fucking looked like his, like his eyes were completely a different proportion to his head and shit. Yeah. Like we we'd all probably be like, but it, but what if Woody's eyes were super fucking big and we? <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Or even mm -hmm. if like every once in a while his little plastic face got pushed in and nobody was there to like push it out. <laughs> so he just had to walk. <laughs> he had to walk around with like a dent in his face for a good portion of the movie. There is something interesting about the way that they're animated that I remember way back when I used to look, I mean, I still do, but in high school, especially, I listened to a lot of NPR when I was driving around and it was when Lord of the Rings came out and they talked about Ugh. like, it, it, it can Andy Serkis, can someone who does mocap be considered for an Oscar? And one person argued no, because the way that he's animated with his big eyes mirror the eyes of like a baby, which makes you empathize with him more. And the same is true of like, a lot of the characters in Toy Story, they have overly big eyes. Yeah. Which I just thought of that when you said, like, wow. they're animated in a way, their features are, they've got pointy you noses. You can't and, help but fall in love with them. Yeah, yeah. And, and, like, you know, really good jaw lines and beautiful eyes and stuff like that. It's interesting. Oh. Damn. And also, like, this is a side note. Um, at what point are, are we going to have trouble distinguishing what, like, I just saw Shang-Chi, a good 50% of that movie, is animated it's just cgi like at mm. what point are we going to be able to say like this is like the lion king remake mm -hmm. is that a live action movie the entire thing was animated at that i remember that debate when it came out being like how, how where do we draw the line and mm -hmm. especially if you can animate people to literally make you fall in love with them on site mm -hmm. then what do you have to write it's like avatar all the all the creatures in avatar have like they animated them mm -hmm. in a way to make them more like um, to draw your empathy out. Yeah. Wild. Wild. See, and that's what the government doesn't want you to know. See, they don't want you to know. There's Avatar in the water. <laughs> <laughs> Last question. Is there a quote from this movie that you would get tattooed on your lower back? Turn around so I can see him. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that's it. <laughs> that is it. Um, what about you, Laurel? I can't think of anything. Else. I can't think of anything else either. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, actually, I've got another one. Come on down to Al's Toy Farm where you can save a bok bok bok. 
Oh, I think I actually do have one. <laughs> yeah. I sw- I want it down by my butt, and I want it to say, I think I swallowed my squeaker. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a married spud. I'm a married spud. Married spud. Married spud. <laughs> but it kind of like goes diagonal. Yeah. That's so funny. Uh, well, thank you both so much for being here. This was a, such a delight. Thank oh. you. This was a blast. I'd love to have you back anytime. You just uh. send the email and we will be here. Oh Rock and God. roll. Disney Adult is part of the Trident Network. To learn more about our videos, live shows, and other podcasts, please visit thetridentnetwork.com. That is thetridentnetwork.com. And also, don't forget to follow Disney Adult on Instagram at, at disney.adult.podcast.